everyone. Welcome to Pockets. This is Jennifer Miller, and I'm joined by Fabian. And uh, this is our second episode. We're very excited. And this podcast is about exploring the pockets of movies and life. Thanks for joining us. And I just wanted to mention that I know a lot of listeners actually watch podcasts on YouTube these days, and Fabe and I are actually working towards that goal. But how are you doing, my darling friend? I'm, I'm great. I'm so happy to be here. Huffed and puffed my way here, and I'm so happy to be here. This is exciting. I can't believe you rode your bike all the way up that huge hill. That's nuts. And also, your sign is missing on the corner. Seriously? Yeah, there's no sign, so I don't know what street that is. Every time I come, I pass your street. Every time. Somebody must have taken it. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's a good one. It's All right, but you're having a good week overall. I mean, I'm feeling better. I threw my back out, but it's been a couple of days, and I'm much better now. Yeah, other than just the craziness around us. Yeah, the world. Yeah, every day. Hurricanes and wars. and It can get you down. I know. Well, we're going to try to bring some levity to everybody. Um, We're going to start with our segment of odd stories from around the world. This one is, uh, you guys might have heard on the news, but this is about an 87-year-old woman who fought off an intruder and then fed him after he told her he was awfully hungry. An 87-year-old Maine woman ably fought off a teenage attacker and then fed him because he said he was hungry. Marjorie Perkins said she awoke at 2 a.m. on July 26th and saw the young man standing over her bed. He had shed his shirt and his pants and told her that he was going to cut her. I thought to myself, if he's going to cut, then I'm going to kick. Again, she's 87 years old, guys. She put on her shoes and fought back. Putting a chair between them as the two jostled in her Brunswick home, the intruder struck her on the cheek and forehead before switching tactics, headed to the kitchen where she found him, and he told her he was awfully hungry. So she gave him a box of peanut butter and honey crackers, two protein drinks, and two tangerines. Meanwhile, she had dialed 911 on her rotary phone and was talking to a dispatcher while the intruder collected his pants and left. He left behind a knife, shirt, shoes, and a water bottle containing alcohol. Police said in a news release that they quickly tracked down the teenager and charged him with burglary, criminal threatening, assault, and consuming liquor as a minor. Authorities did not release his identity because of his age. They said the teen was staying a few blocks away from the victim. Well, I just can start by saying my biggest fear as a single woman when I lived alone in New York was I would have nightmares of waking up and a man would be standing at the foot of my bed. I mean, it's just, what about you? I had those since childhood that a window, there was a window right by my bed as a kid in LA. I would have nightmares, constant nightmares of that window being open and somebody jumping in through the window. I mean, it's oh, terrifying. Fabian, that's terrible. Listening to this story and the fact that this woman is 87, my mom is 84, and I just imagine my mom in this situation, just picture an Italian Winnie the Pooh. That's my mother. (gasps) There's no fighting. My mom, this woman sounds pretty amazing. Yes. But I don't know that I I could be that nice. I think that I would, that rotary phone, they weigh a lot. I would have thrown that thing at his head. I find it really amazing that she could had the compassion, yeah, and wherewithal to yeah. stay that calm. Yeah, like I have one of those expandable sticks next to my bed. I do too. <laughs> no, I have one next to my bed. You and I are. We are. It's soul, it soulmates. Is, we, we really are. We really are. That's crazy. That is. Do you ever fear that you're not going to be able to expand it fast enough? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So do you ever practice just? 
using it non-expanded, like using it as a, oh, no, I have that's to, brilliant. like a knife or something, yes. just in case you can't do it. That's how paranoid I, I am. I can't believe yeah. that we both, <laughs> I know, because I've thought about it. Will I be able to have the ability yeah. if it's, you know, if it's going down? But um, like you, I, I'm kicking and screaming the whole way. Like oh, I, I, yes. I wouldn't be that calm. I would be like, get the F out of my Me too. freaking house. Me like, too. yeah. You know what? Next time I, I come over, I think you and I are going to have a Kill Bill <laughs> expandable baton battle. I can't wait. We're going to help each other I out. I love it. I love Practice. it. Practice. Yes. 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 Self-defense. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, yeah, I mean, kudos to uh, – did they have her name? No, her name yeah, was – Yeah, Perkins. Perkins. That's right. Oh, yeah, Marjorie Perkins. Yeah. God bless. Yeah, good for her. Tough, tough old broad. All right, you have the next story, my friend. Yep, which is really fascinating. An off-duty pilot accused of trying to shut off airliners' engines mid-flight said he took magic mushrooms 48 hours before the incident. The off-duty Alaska Airlines pilot accused of attempting to disable the plane's engines mid-flight told investigators he believed he was dreaming and had taken magic mushrooms 48 hours before the incident according to the state records obtained by CNN. He's a 44-year-old. Neighbors say what a great guy he is, right. always seemed nice, always right. had, you know, came across great, always did great at work. Right. He told investigators he had consumed magic mushrooms approximately 48 hours prior to the incident. I mean, and, and, and then it, all, it says that he's also, he said that he was awake for 40 he, yeah, hours. Yeah, he had not gone to sleep for 40 hours. And that's okay. going to make anybody psychotic. Yeah. But, yeah. Oh. When magic mushrooms never make me not want to go to sleep. I have done them. I go to sleep. No, I sleep beautifully. Now, I've never done them. Now, are you talking about magic mushrooms in general or the microdosing of magic? Magic mushrooms. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. Not just the microdose. Microdosing is great. Now, is it, is it like being high on marijuana? Is it like... Um... Yeah. Well, let me tell you. There's pros and cons and there's right ways to do it and not right ways. Okay. If you ever do do it, yeah. I'm going to tell you this right now. Don't let your husband take you to a beach and say, no, you want you to, be, to in be in nature. And you're sitting yes. around people you don't know when as they're walking by you, you can see them turning green. You can see their, for me, I could see their blood flowing under their skin. Did it was really, freak out? yeah, it was yes. not pleasant. Because it's I've not heard pleasant. that many people yeah. say you have to be in nature, you have to be in nature, but without other people, okay. yeah, without other people, and don't even stare at your own husband. You'll never <laughs> want to touch them again. Seriously, it's <laughs> it can be really shocking. Okay, don't look at a mirror. Yeah. don't take pictures. Okay, yeah, never look. That's what my yeah, husband don't look says, at yourself. Look at a mirror. Not the first time, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Later, when you know you're in control, great. Right, but not but sleeping guy, for forty hours is what's going to make somebody. And I wonder if he just maybe maybe he took a much more than you would take. Yeah, you know, and, yeah. and you did it. Yeah, one gram is yeah. a lot, and that's right, what I did. Right. Maybe he did. Yeah, you know, a lot. But you think have they helped you mentally in some capacity? Absolutely. Okay. I have been microdosing, and okay, it's one tenth of a gram that you do every three days or so, and. It is amazing. It's as far as anxiety goes, you don't panic. It has it this has weird this ability. And I find beauty in everyone, every person. I normally do that anyway. Yes. I try to. Yes. It comes so much easier. Like I, it's not even a. I don't and have as to I try. understand it, you don't feel particularly high. Not on at it. all. It's, it's a very not tiny dose. You feel, yeah. yeah. When you feel it happening, you just feel 
great. You right. feel kind. Yeah. It makes you kinder. I don't know how else to explain it. Well, I do want to add to this, though. Um, you know, I've long heard that many people have used this as a, as a tool to help overcome some mental issues that they're having. Um, in his latest book, How to Change Your Mind, Michael Pollan writes of his own consciousness expanding experiences with psychedelic drugs like LSD and psilocybin. And he makes the case for why shaking up the brain's old habits could be therapeutic for people facing addiction, depression, or death. According to Mr. Pollan, we are currently in the midst of a psychedelic renaissance. While originally a very important part of psychiatry in the late 1950s and 60s to treat alcoholism, depression, and end of life, policymakers quickly made psychedelic drugs illegal out of fears that taking the drug was causing young men to challenge authority and resist enlisting in the Vietnam War. And just, you know, basically he says over the past 20 years with the mental health system in crisis due to very little scientific advancement and an increase in mental health issues, mental illness is the leading cause of disability in developed countries with 50% of Americans experiencing mental illness in their lifetimes and $350 billion spent annually wow. on treating depression in the U.S. and Europe alone. Scientists have begun to revisit psychedelics as a treatment tool. And I just feel like, why not? I mean, if it's, it's, it's not working on some level for a lot of people. So why not just try anything that could help, you know? Well, I mean, doctors have no problem prescribing Prozac or whatever, yeah. whatever the well, drugs are. All the are antidepressants the under all the sun. Now. They right. have no problem doing that. I don't see why this should be any different. I agree. Um, and, you know, the whole thing with using them for therapy, because we like to talk about movies, you know, that Cary Grant. I was going to just bring him up. Yeah. yeah. And he, I mean, he swore by it. Yeah. And, and it really yeah. helped him yeah. get over a lot of his childhood trauma. And his gayness, apparently. And, no, the poor... <laughs> so he could marry. Shout out Diane to Cannon. Randall. Shout out to Randall Scott. Yeah. But I think that's why he was going. He was supposedly. Oh, really? That was treat... one of the. He wanted to to get rid of his oh, gayness or no. be yeah it was to figure out a way. That. That's one of the theories. So okay. yeah, and yeah. I guess it worked with for a little while. I don't know. No, don't I'm know. kidding. It didn't. But anyway, but I do. I just don't see why it would be any. They, maybe they don't make as much money. They're not going to make as much money with these natural, you know, with mushrooms than they do with these pharmaceutical it's companies. All that have to, yeah. It's all about money. Yeah, all and they money. will when they find out that this will help yeah. depression. And pharmaceuticals are going to invest in it, and it will be. It'll cost a fortune to get it. Yep, yep. You don't need to spend a fortune to get it. No, and mm -hmm. I just feel like uh, you know. I, I, I guess it's not necessarily as natural as let's say. Um, well, the, the mushrooms are natural, like yeah, you know, marijuana for sure. or for right, sure. exactly. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, and I just feel like. So you'd rather not help these guys and send them off to the Vietnam War? I mean, it's just criminal, in my opinion. Like, well, no, it does make sense that. They, that they would do this because it would make them see beauty and see kindness and see, and they're not going to, I mean, they'd be right. useless and they would fight it to the end. No way are they going to go. It right. makes sense that they would do that. Yeah. It does. That's true. I, I know. But, I get it. I get why they would so do that. Wrong. It is so wrong. Absolutely. All right. Well, we're not going to save the world today, Faye, but on to our next topic. It's uh, my favorite. It's the movie time. Yay. And we have some, we're going to talk today for, we're going to start with Tommy Lee Jones. Is he, or isn't he a dick? Um, so I, I heard a story. Yeah. My husband knew some friends. Um, their father had owned one of those, you know, 
below deck yacht kind of big thing. Yeah, yeah. And Tommy Lee Jones had rented it out for the week, and he apparently just was the most entitled jerk off ever. Yeah. So, do you have any? Uh, Interactions I have heard with him? the same. I have not had any personal interactions. No, and I'm not sorry about it. <laughs> but anything I've ever read about him, anything, any interviews I've ever read, right. there's a there's a guy actually. I think it was maybe the Houston Chronicle. It was some some Texan uh, thing was interviewing him. He was like a shoe in for uh, the Oscar for the three burials of something something okay. that he was right. producer of, and he, right. he really wanted this movie made. And the guy got to travel with him by car. And he very honestly, in the, in the paper, writes about what a jerk he was. Wow. There's stories of Jim Carrey, how he hated Jim Carrey when they did uh, Batman. They did Batman. Oh, yes, I forgot. Remember? Together. Yeah, they, that was the one with um, Val Kilmer. Oh, Val Kilmer. Okay. And he hated Jim Carrey, hated the way Jim Carrey acted all of it. Wow. And um, Joel Schumacher in an interview said he is a bully. That is exactly the best way to describe him, that he's just wow. a bully. Other directors, I can't remember who it was, telling his wife, seeing him being interviewed. This was in the 80s, seeing, being interviewed for something. And he said, I'm so happy I'm never going to have to work with that man. And then two oh years later, God. he ends up having to take over a production as a director for a movie that he was in and had to work with him. And he is not he is not a kind oh, person. He's not a nice person. He does not talk about himself, never shares anything that's personal. And if you ask him a question that upsets him, he will be a complete dick. There's no other word. What a shitty thing. Yeah. yeah. He's just, you know, and he's incredibly popular, even in the movies he doesn't like. For example, Men, at, Men in Black. Yeah. He read that and he said, this is shit. This is a shitty movie. What is this? This is bullshit. This is crap. Takes the role, makes it incredibly, incredibly popular, and his personality Agreed. in it is right. perfect for right. it. Right. But even that director had problems with it because he would say, I'm not saying these lines, and he would just like do a really quite a healthy ego. Yeah, very healthy like. ego, yeah. very entitled, yeah. for sure. Yeah. For sure. Well, it's funny because the first time, I think the first time I was even aware of him was in the mid-80s. And I was in the basement of my friend Lisa's house in Wayne, New Jersey, and we watched The Eyes of Laura Morris. Oof, and oh, man, what a movie! The gays movie. love that do, movie. Do they? Why? Can I tell you, The Eyes of Laura Mars? This is my introduction to that movie. I was in high school, still living. I wasn't even. I was in junior high school. Junior high school. My parents worked at a at a furniture store in L.A. And the guy that was the receptionist was, his name was Wagner. He was gay, super gay, amazing gay. He was so sweet. And he knew that I was a, a little gay, ready to happen. He invited us over to dinner one night. And he pulled out like his leather pants, leather chaps, like shocking, you know, with a yeah, kid. Yeah. And all he talked about was The Eyes of Laura Mars. Oh, what a great movie. I think it had just come out. What a movie, what a movie he loved. Wow. The fashion, the photography, yes. all of that was a big deal, I think. It, for, it, it, for the time, it probably was. Yeah, it was. Amazing. Anyway, that's my introduction Day. to Isaac Laura Right. Yes. All right. Um, my introduction to Tommy Lee Jones, because I was too young to see that movie. Yeah. My introduction was um, 
coal miner's daughter. Oh, that's, you know Remember? what? You're absolutely right. That was my introduction. Yeah, it was Sissy Spacek. Yeah, and yes. he was really great in it. He's a You're great right. actor. That's the thing. He is a good actor. Did you see but... Ad Astra with, with Brad Pitt just from no, a few years ago? No, I did ago, not watch fiction? that. I did not. So this guy plays his father, and he is the perfect man to play someone who has traumatized his son and created toxic masculinity. He's the perfect Actually, that's person. true. And right. that's what he is. Yeah. He's amazing in it because he's so horrible. He's but do you horrible. think like do you think he's aware that he's an asshole? Or? I don't think he cares. I don't, I don't think, think he yeah. gives a shit. Right. And if you asked him that, he would think, why are you asking He'd me? That's like, stupid. Off, right. Yeah. Like it's, Peter Graves yeah. in the bank. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just can I have my check, please? Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. He would not care at all. Well, somebody who's not a dick, mm. one of my favorites. Ugh. Let's just call it what it is, Colleen Dewhurst, her smile, her voice. Let's talk about her marriage to George C. Scott, Ice Castles. Do you know that she's not been married once, but twice to George C. Scott? Did you know this? I did know that they married twice. 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 Yes. Divorced a couple years later, remarried. Kind of like Liz and, and Bert. Yeah, you know? yeah, I think maybe they were meant to be. And yeah. they have, remember their son. I love their son. Campbell Scott. Scott. Yes. He's a great like director and producer now. Well, do you remember Dying Young? Uh, yes, she I do. She played his mother in it. Yes, I so do. So that was a big introduction for me of her also. Yes. Because she was great in that. She yes. was amazing. I don't know that she didn't even play his mother in it. She played a neighbor, I think. I don't even think she played his mom. I think mom, you're right. She was some really, supporting yeah, role. She but, was, yeah, in right, it. Right, right. God, did you cry at that movie? Oh, I, Shit, I did. I cried I did. Like, at that movie. That movie. Yeah. And the t you know maybe it was the time in our lives or yeah, whatever more sure. emotional. Yeah, for sure. But um, you now I could be mistaken on this. I should have fact checked it before we sat down. But I heard once that she and two other women, their voices were mixed to be the voice of the Exorcist, in, like Linda Blair's. Oh, I believe that. So I need to I'll wow, fact that's check interesting. that. Yeah, yeah. That's, she had such an amazing voice on Murphy Brown. Remember, she was she was her mother. I she, forgot. She won, she won four Emmys, I think, for that. Her smile. She was only in four episodes. So that's oh, my a, God. That really says great. something. She was a big part of that show. After, when she died, after she died, they made it so that she also died in the show, and they like dedicated a whole episode to her oh, funeral and all. But she was lovely. amazing in it. You know, yeah. she was a Christian science scientist. Oh, she didn't have – she had cancer. Oh, she no. died from it. Because she wouldn't have any treatment, nothing, no medication, no oh, treatment. Gosh. 67. She, she was, was 67 so young. when she died. Yeah. That's crazy. That's yeah. really sad. Yeah, it is. You know what else is sad? What else is sad is my thinking <laughs> all these years until you just brought up this and made me look her up. There's a movie that George C. Scott did, probably the only movie I like with George C. Scott, really. The Changeling. Oh, I, and wasn't she in it with him? That's what I always thought. <laughs> Convinced. Yes. Oh, no, it was his other Trish wife. Vander, Trish you Vander. You bitch. Yes. yes. Trish Vanderbeer was also married to George C. Scott. <laughs> and I just assumed in my mind. Yeah. When I talk about but that she, movie, I would say, oh, my God. And, and I Colleen Dewhurst, she was so great in it. That movie. I, I love, love that movie. That movie. I love him so in that movie. Of that time. It, it was really so was. Good. Oh, Such a good ghost God, story. You know, we need to have viewing parties after really mentioning all these we do. films. Great freaking movie. But can we talk about uh, Melissa Manchester and the theme song to Ice Castles? Because <laughs> I, yes. please don't let this feeling end. Oh my God. I mean, when she, when she, Melissa Manchester when she fell into those chairs 
and the blindness and Robbie Benson oh. and Colleen's smile and holding the hands to the, you know, when she makes the jump blind. And then, of course, the roses come out on the ice. Yeah, the tripping. Oh, my God. That was an emotional, I mean, because oh I was such a God. young teenager yeah. and it was just yeah. like, horrifying yeah. to watch that happen. Oh, my God. That was so moving. And God, Robbie Benson. Oh, God. God those bless eyes. those eyes. God, I wanted him to be gay so badly. <laughs> I really did. He was so pretty. He was. He I was completely so agree pretty. with you. He was like as pretty as like Paul Newman, I think. Like, yeah. well, even maybe he prettier. was prettier. Yeah. He had yeah. feathered hair. Paul he Newman did. never feathered, feathered his hair, hair ever. Oh my god! Hi. Um, oh all right. My god. Next in movie time, I want to uh, just throw out for a couple minutes yeah. before we move on to the next segment: dream lunches. Now, I was thinking for myself. First number one of anybody, Liz Taylor, Roddy McDowell, would be my dream lunch. Can you imagine I the story? He, he could have his camera with him and could take yeah. pictures of me and yeah. Liz. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? That would become iconic because some of his pictures of Liz there are, are super iconic. iconic. Yeah. And you know what I think that is? The comfort that they had with each other. She could be absolutely herself and he can photograph that. He had that ability. You know, have you ever seen his videos? The videos that he did, he shared a house with Rock Hudson in Malibu in the 60s. And every I've seen summer, them. I've yes. seen the ones on the beach, Pete Natalie so Wood. Comfortable. Yes. He can film them. Yeah. Lauren Bacall. Yeah. Just, just sitting, hanging. Yes. And just being funny. And there's no sound, but you can just see people being at ease because they trusted yeah. him. They had yeah. that is a great a true gift. Yeah, it is. I agree. A great ability. And I read a quote and I, should have written it down, but basically Maureen Stapleton must have been very close friends with Elizabeth Taylor. And, and every, Colleen Dewhurst, just FYI, but go ahead. I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, my God. Full circle. Yeah. Um, but many, many quotes that I've read about her, she just can't say enough about the integrity and character. Like she said, like, yeah, sure, her face was one of the most beautiful, but it, it was dog food compared to what yeah. was inside of her. Yeah. And I just thought, like, gosh, that really – I did hear a story once – um, that she was, it was older. It was after the comeback, you know, after the Senator divorce and, you know, she came back with the white diamonds fog commercial yeah. and she mm -hmm. was at a restaurant in LA and like, you know, she was with her girlfriends and she lit up and they were like, Oh, Miss Taylor, there's no smoking. And she was like, okay, no problem. And she left and the next day she reserved the entire restaurant and she and her girlfriends just chain smoked for the entire lunch. Wow. How awesome. Right. Come on. Cool. Come on. Yeah. That is cool. You, you can tell a lot about a person by the actions that they do and the things that she did for AIDS. Oh, seriously. And, and Rock Hudson, the friendship Rock with Rock Hudson. Hudson. Yeah. His I mean, documentary. Yeah, yeah, that was amazing that is, too. That says a lot, a lot about a person. It really does. Yeah. Her, she just was stalwart in her, yeah. in her loyalty to yeah. them and her mission to yeah. get to get funding. And If it, she had been in uh, Argentina, they would have made a saint out of her like they tried with Evita. Truly, they did. Do they try to make Evita oh, a saint? Oh, yeah. God, they call her Saint Evita in Argentina. Do they really? Oh, yeah. There's, it's very divisive. Some people hated her and That's... the people who loved her. You'll go to gas stations in Argentina and they'll have busts of her at the gas really? station. Oh, yeah. She was the shit. Do you remember? Well, I don't know if you. There were commercials um, when, when I lived in New Jersey when I was younger for Broadway shows. Patty LuPone playing. <sighs> I mean. Are you kidding? And the, that and that, that woman just she, like she'll be acting today, and like somebody's phone will ring, and she will stop the play and like call that motherfucker <laughs> yeah. out. It's insane. I love Patty Lupone. Fearless. Patty Lupone is 
a fucking amazing human being. Her acting, her everything, her yes. her her the her way being. she does interviews, everything. Yeah. Yeah. She is an amazing human. Of someone who is, while not arrogant, is completely self-assured yeah, in herself. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. She's an amazing, no. amazing actress. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Another one I wanted to ask you about, I don't, I'm, I'm, you have to know this about Peter Allen and uh, Quiet Please, There's a Lady on Stage. Do you know this song? Do you know that I don't until you told me about it? Did I you don't listen to it? Oh my God, Fabian. So when he was married to Liza, he wrote this beautiful song and I wish we had the budget for me to bring it up, but basically it's like, quiet please, there's a lady on stage. She may not be the latest craze. And it's all about Judy. Wow. And um, I just felt like, what an ode to, and of course, Peter Allen turns out was gay. So of course, really? Judy, Judy what a I know, No, and Judy is the anthem of all gay, right? And her I mean, father was gay. I mean, Judy's dad was God gay. I mean, there's, was. there's gays everywhere in, in their lives. Yeah. I mean, for real. Yeah. But you know what? That song, Patty Lapone would have loved that song. Yes, she <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Quiet, please. There's a lady on the stage. stage. God damn it. You bastard. Get the hell it. out. She would have sung Don't it. Don't let the door yeah. hit you in the ass. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. Anything else that you want to add to movie time, my friend? I can't think of anything. Right. Yeah, I mean, no, we, I could do We're this all day schedule. long. I know. I know. Time, so we we got to keep. Yeah, keep... we got to. All right. Well, you are going to take care of the first agony and auntie uncle letter yeah. in our advice segment. You picked the right one for me. I'm telling you. <laughs> You'll hear it. You'll know why the minute I tell you. <laughs> Dear Agony Auntie and Uncle, back in 2021, I went on that on what was my first date in two years and something so mortified happened, mortifying happened that I haven't been able to go out with another guy since. This is two years already that she's done this. I've never been very confident. And after I broke up with my ex-boyfriend back in 2017, it took me a while to even get the courage to join a dating app. Even after I set up a profile, the idea of actually going out with someone was terrifying to me. Eventually, I thought I might, I met a guy, eventually, though, I'm sorry, I met a guy who I really seemed to click with, and I agreed to go out with him for dinner. The date started off great. He was charming, funny, kind, and very handsome. But while we were having drinks, my stomach started to feel a bit uncomfortable. Oh, dear. Just saying this makes me yes. feel it. I don't know if it was the nerves or something I'd eaten, but I kept having to excuse myself to go to the bathroom, which wasn't exactly the most romantic way to kick off the evening. Eventually, my stomach settled, and I finally felt like things were going well. He walked me home at the end of the day after a few drinks and some dinner, and as we got to my front door, he went to give me a hug. Oh, gosh. Maybe it was the pressure of the hug, the relief that I'd survived the day, but I farted really loudly. <laughs> so loudly that there was no way of hiding where it had come from oh. or who it was from. Oh. The sound still echoes in my ears four years later. Poor thing. Jesus. I was so horrified, I just stuttered something at him and ran inside where I basically broke down in tears of shame. He texted the next day what a wonderful time he'd had, and, you know, there was no way I could reply. All of these thoughts were swimming through my head about what he really must have thought about me. I felt disgusting, this, and so horrifyingly hideous. Now, I hear that she's talking, she keeps repeating about how shameful yes. it is, how shame, how ashamed she feels about it and embarrassed, and she doesn't know if she'll ever get over it again. Why, why does farting do that to people? I mean, it's, it's, it's a natural, physical, human well, thing. Well, I want to ask you, is it more, do women farting? You know, yes. guys, well, dudes do it. You yeah. know, it's like, ah, you know, and they just let loose. Well, I can but tell you, as a very young girl, my mother said when I had 
farted. She yeah. was like, Jennifer, you need to go into another room when you do that. And yeah. you don't say farting, you say past gas. Right. So like maybe the, we're all kind of taught to not let it rip. I mean, I have girlfriends that let it rip. They yes. don't care. They're like, yeah. they're in and out. Yeah. We have a mutual girlfriend. Yeah, for yes. sure. But this to me, I feel. She's so I feel, troubled. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think that. If it hadn't been this, what if she had burped? What if she had forgotten uh, deodorant? I yeah, mean, it could be yeah. a million different things. She sounds a little bit too fragile to me because she, yeah. to feel that much shame over, over farting. One, and the fact that he was nice about it and contacted her. You know what my concern would be? I'm my concern would be, oh, my God, I just shit myself. Yes. I'm not even kidding. That's my stomach. If I get really, really nervous, it's like I have to excuse myself because – that's yeah. a possibility. Yes. So that's that... a real fear. No, you're right. Sure. And also, like, I was on a date once and I had, unfortunately, I had one polyester first and last time. <laughs> and I don't I don't have body odor normally. I smell like I hadn't showered in five months from the nerves. <laughs> oh, no. That's something you don't want to have because there's For no, sure. nowhere I could go. For sure. You know, yeah. at least it's going to dissipate. They could, you know. Yeah. I don't want to you know, disregard or diminish right. the way she feels. Right. But I really think that my advice would be to empower you, to empower yourself yeah. over these are not life and death things. These are not things that if you're with someone and they judge you because you just passed gas, this is not maybe not the right person for you. you. You know, somebody you want to be comfortable with somebody. I know it was your first date. Right. But if he was able to respond Right. And say he had a great time and he didn't bring it up. This sounds then like that, a good thing to me. This sounds like someone who's who knows that it happened and knows that you were mortified, saw you run away, and said, "Hey, you know what? it's okay, it's fine. Again. right?" It's fine. And I agree with you. And I feel as if too, you know, enough time has passed. If she were to try the dating app again, um, nobody needs to know about the part of the past. For sure. You know, it could just For be. Sure. Yeah. It's very, um, but I think you're right. There's something else brewing, I think, yeah, here. And, for sure. But my advice is to forget about it. Put it in the past. Get on that website or app or whatever it is and yeah. get a, get another date. Absolutely. Get right back at it. Yeah. And maybe take some, you know, lactate or something before she goes on the date. I don't know. Something that makes her feel like Imodium ginger. Imodium at that point. Yeah, yes. something, something. Anything. Yes. And then, and right. then you know. Some yeah. Pepto. Eat yeah. something. If you, know. you want, I can tell you my very first very, very first gay date I ever went on that you can't even consider it a date. Really, it should be illegal. And it, it would have been illegal. He was 23 and I was 16. And we went to, I met him at the mall. We went to eat at a restaurant that was at the mall. He came to pick me up in an MG. It was great. Oh, I love MGs. The waitress kept coming up and saying, honey, you all right. You're turning green. You okay, honey? You okay? And I couldn't, I was just... <gasps> I'm sure my stomach was in knots. I was a complete wreck. Right. So nervous, oh, not knowing right. what I was doing. Right. So I get it. Yeah. You know. Same with me. I was always in knots and always oh, with God, like yeah. a nauseous stomach yeah. in the diary. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Racing home. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In my Datsun 510, you know, my Ooh, 1972. God, great car. Sexy. <gasps> so lucky. I actually have a model of it that I got because I love that car so much. Oh, I'll show so it lucky. to you when we're done. Oh, that's oh, great. What color was car. your car? Like that blue, that racing Ooh, blue. Nice. Oh, nice. Lucky. And somebody with like the sheepskin over the. See, like Farrah Fawcett. <laughs> Hers was me. Hers was, do you, yeah. oh, the cars on that show. Uh, hers was mink in real life. Her, her, oh, in she had real a life. Oh. With mink, with mink lining. I thought I told you this. No. What? My wet dreams of Farrah oh. Fawcett? 
we were sitting in her and we'd be sitting in her car and I had, I was about to kiss her and she would turn into Lee Majors. When this was when I was oh, yes. 12 or something. Oh, so, Faye. I mean, talk about yes. somebody I mean, just sending me yes. a message. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, all right. We have to, yes, we'll have to expand on that someday. All right. Our last uh, agony and auntie uncle letter is a bit long, but I'll try to go as quickly as possible. Dear agony auntie and uncle, a few years ago, I uncovered a shocking secret about my parents' marriage, and it has completely destroyed my thoughts about their relationship, as well as my views on love in general. For, the most of, for most of my life, I've thought that my mom and dad had a pretty good marriage. They didn't really argue. They made each other laugh. And while they, were, while they weren't the most lovey-dovey with one another, they always seemed pretty happy together. Then, just over three years ago, I saw some texts on my dad's phone from a woman called Julia. Uh -oh. Turns out Julia and my dad had been sleeping together. It was all there in the messages. What the fuck was she doing reading his messages? It's kind of, it is kind of Go rude. Ahead. You shouldn't do that. Not cool. Right Not that. cool. Um, you know, locations of hotels where they'd go to carry out the affairs. It was enough to make me want to puke. Eh, all right. Is this an adult, you know, writing this letter? I don't know. I was so upset and horrified. And my immediate thought was, how in the hell am I going to tell my mom what I found? But when I sat down to reveal it to her, I thought what I thought was going to be shocking and devastating information, she didn't look surprised at all. Then it came out. She has known about all these women for all for many years. It's something that has been a part of their marriage and pretty much since the beginning of their relationship. And and while I might not understand it, it just works for them. According to my mom, my dad has a very healthy sexual appetite that she simply wasn't able to deal with. So they made the decision early on that my dad would conduct these affairs with my mom's approval. She insisted she's happy, yada, yada. I'm not trying to be judgmental right. or prudish, but I just can't get over the fact that but their marriage, exactly, their marriage is basically based on a lie, which I disagree she with. I totally so disagree wrong. with that. She's she, absolutely she, 100% wrong. She's probably a virgin, not married. I think I would have found she's it easier. She's probably a Virgo. <laughs> Truly. Um, all right. Just to wrap it up, she says, um, I haven't been able to look in my dad in the eye since I found out. I am disgusted by him, and I am so disappointed in my mom for allowing his behavior. I never thought of her as a doormat before now, but all I can see when I look at her is a weak woman who is letting her life be controlled by a pig-headed guy. What am I supposed to do from disillusioned daughter? All right. Oh, my God. Yeah, this woman? Wait a minute. Tell me this. She finds these these texts one sneaking through her dad's yeah, phone yeah agreed, one, agreed. you're gonna go through somebody's phone you're gonna find shit. that's not your business yeah right but she didn't go to him and say dad what, what is this she went to, to the, the mother to tell on yep. him you know what yep. cindy brady no one likes a fucking tattletale and if you're not gonna like what you're gonna find that's on you i agree second why she is so judging her mother I know. That's the thing. She, she, she clearly has no idea what it's like to be in a partner in a relationship. relationship. She doesn't. What works for some people. What and if she is in one, I feel so bad for that person because it's all on her terms. Oh, absolutely, It has to Fabian. be all on you her terms. You can see there's absolutely for no sure. compromise no. in that girl. I think that her parents have an amazing relationship. I agree. They're happy. They laugh together. Yeah. They love each other. Right. 
all it if there she just if he's that horny she can't keep up with it there's and absolutely. if she's okay with it and is not hurt by it then absolutely. it's absolutely none of the daughter's business absolutely and especially not. like i didn't like the way she called the mother a doormat like yeah who are you she's got control of the situation she right. said i'm okay with this yeah because she has the mother could say no forget it i'm out of here she's not a doormat right a doormat lets somebody do whatever they want why is he pig-headed what's pig-headed right. he sounds like a very what nice the man fuck is exactly. pig-headed? he right. sounds great yeah no. This girl. So disillusioned daughter, you yeah. need to just back the back up a bit. Yeah. All right. And just wise up and stay out yeah. of your parents' business. There's a gift here, and the gift is I don't know what relationship she may be in, but the gift here is that she can now look in a mirror and really question what is important to her in a relationship. Yeah, absolutely. Because I, it takes a lot of love for a to a couple to be able to say, I'm okay with this. That's a huge and I think Fabian too, like she has these ideas or these notions of what a perfect couple is, totally. and there there literally is no perfect couple on there earth. Isn't. Goldie and 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 um, Kirk. Kirk, you could think they're perfect, yeah, but they separated for a while yeah. too. All couples, you and me, like we, we have our ups and downs. For we go sure, through shit. for sure. And, and the, what the, works and, for one doesn't work for the other. Right. You know that monogamy and yeah. whatever is great for some people, right. and for other people it isn't. And I think this is. I think this is really beautiful that they love each other and they want to stay together. If sex is the only reason yeah. that they can't stay together. I agree. Then, if they truly love each other they love and they each want other, to make it work. For sure. No, I agree. Yeah. And I think, you know, couples, they find their way back to each other yeah. when things come up like yeah. that. But this girl clearly, like, I almost feel like she's not been in a relationship before or yeah. even gotten laid for that matter. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I could be wrong. So judgmental. But very judgmental. She's me. Yeah. When I was she's mean girl. In my twenties. Yeah. No, she's me oh. when I was in my twenties. I oh. was that person. Oh really? Oh my god. You, every, well, everybody in their twenties thinks they know everything and everything. Yeah, but black especially and white. when it came to fidelity and oh, okay. drugs, like anybody yeah. who smoked, yeah, drank, yeah, smoked pot. Forget it. My friends wouldn't tell me if they did because I was so judgy. I was oh. really judgy. What changed? Just life? Trying it. Are you kidding? <laughs> Finally drinking. I didn't start drinking wine until I was in my 40s, really. And trying edibles yeah. changed my yeah. idea yeah. about pot. I right. mean, what a prudish fucking asshole I was, yeah. truly. And I lost a lot of friends that way because of it. So. Yeah, I hear you. I was way more uptight in my 20s. And I do think, though, a lot of people in their 20s, you just think you know everything. Oh, yeah. Nobody's going to tell you otherwise. Yeah. And everything is very rigid and black and white. Yeah. And you know, then the 30s yeah. knock the shit out of you a little bit. Things become a little more gray. Yeah. By the time you're in your 40s, you're beaten down. And then you're just <laughs> like, all right, hey, bring it, you yeah. know? Yeah, and then when you get into your 50s, you either give up or you're just really coming to yourself and you're like, no, fuck, I know what I like. You know that's what? I am going to try am. mushrooms. Yeah. Let's do it. And that's that's, that's where it. I'm at. I love the 50s. I have to Me say, too. I, love I love being too. in my 50s, I really Fabian. do too. Yeah. I love who I am in my 50s. Yeah. I'm so much more comfortable yeah, with no. myself. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Well, I have to say, episode two came together quite beautifully. Yeah. Anything you want to add before we sign off? No, I can't wait to see what's next. I, know. I can't wait to see what our, I have an idea for the next one. Oh, great. I can't wait All to right. We can you. surprise people. Yeah. All right. Well, everybody, thank you so much for joining us on Pockets, and we look forward to uh, seeing you next time. Pockets, Take care. Pockets. Pockets. Bye. Bye.